Kobe Trice. Real name, no gimmicks. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Welcome to episode, I believe we're at 28 now, Captain? 28? I think so. 28 of the Around the Outside podcast presented by Freight Train Studios. As always, it's your boy, Lister Luxerada. Joined, as always, as I just told said, his name, Mr. Captain Kalich. What it do? Man, we just had some locked in for the championship four with the trucks this week, didn't we? Man, we we went down to Miami and we got ourselves a championship four in the truck series, our first of the three touring series to be locked in for yeah. Phoenix. And kind of the usual there so I'm looking at it and two names I expected, I think I called at the beginning of the of their playoffs, and two names I didn't. So um so two names I called and two names I didn't. God, give me. While you're looking at that, there was a name I did call, Mister Carson Hosevar, bringing home the dub. Yes, you did. Um. So yeah, looking at the playoff standings, their championship four is Corey Heim, who got in via his win at Bristol. Um, Carson Hosevar, who got in via his win this past weekend at Homestead. I kind of expected those two. Those are two I expected to get in. Um, Ben Rhodes and Grant Infinger. I think Grant Infinger I also called, Captain. I think you, I think remember I called him that as well. I didn't, honestly, when the playoffs were running, I kind of leaned off my pick of him because I kind of thought he would fumble a little bit, but. He stayed in it. And then Ben Rhodes is, I think, my biggest shock. I did not expect Ben Rhodes to get in. Um, I expected, instead of Ben Rhodes, I expected um, Zane Smith. I think I expected Zane Smith or Christian Eckes to get in. But Zane Smith had a horrible round of eight. Um, and now he's out. So Corey Heim and Hosevar in. Grant Finger in. Grant Infinger and Ben Rhodes. And honestly, can I just say, it is? it would be... It is so awesome to see GMS being able to fight for a championship in what will literally be their last race of existence. Right? How epic would it be if they go out on top? That would be amazing. Now, do I want that to happen? No, because I already know who I want to win the championship. But anyway, we will save that for next week's episode when we preview Phoenix and the championship weekend. But yeah, the first four, first championship four has been locked in. For the truck series, and it was a good race. Um, Zane Smith, poor Zane. Zane Smith drove his heart out in that race, but just when he needed a win, Hosevar took it from him, and that forced him out. But it's okay, Zane Smith. We'll get to see him race on Sundays next year. Nice, nice. So, with that being said, we switched gears to the Xfinity, 
And we have one driver locked into the championship four. And it's not the name I would expect to get locked in. Um, it's not, not John Hunter. It's not John Hunter. It's not Cole <laughs> Custer. It's not anybody else. It is Sam Mayer. Wins at Homestead. And honestly, let's be honest, Captain, he almost fumbled that. Yeah. God, yeah. Riley Herbst almost just went back-to-back with wins in, in the last two mile and a half, man. Riley Herbst was like, uh, one more lap, he would have gotten him. One more lap. He's been on fire. He has been. like, uh, And honestly, I'm hoping this means night, um, 2024 might be his year. I'm hoping this means that. You know, they finally got a win. They're finally starting to get her finishes. Like, I'm hoping... Watch out, nineteen. Um, watch out, ninety-eight is coming back for that title. And and remember, Chase Briscoe brought that ninety-eight to nearly a championship um, when he was there. So who knows? Maybe we're seeing the return of the ninety-eight Stuart Haas Racing car. But yeah, Sam Mayer won the Xfinity race. Pretty interesting Xfinity race. Um, Kevin, did you catch any of it? Uh, the Xfinity race. I was able to see a few high- highlights, but honestly, I was not able to catch much of it. You were watching what? Tell us. Tell the fans what you were watching. <laughs> I was watching college football. Yeah, of course, of course. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm the worst. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. But anyway, um, so yeah, but it was a pretty interesting race. I think the highlight of that was um, Dale Jr. excellently taking out his own car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> run up with Josh Berry, right? Oh, Josh Berry. Hey, I think he, his process was like, "Hey, look, he's not my problem." <laughs> after Phoenix, uh, after Phoenix, I don't have to worry about him no more. He ain't my driver no more. He's your problem, Tony Stewart. It's expensive, expensive move though. I mean, he's bringing the check on that car, right? Yep, but it's okay. The eight car now that that car after Phoenix, that car belongs to Sammy Smith, the king of the disrespectful burnouts. <laughs> it's, well, forever be his nickname for anyone who's wondering. That is forever his nickname, the king of the disrespectful burnouts, because of what he pulled on Jesse Love, which we will get to Jesse Love here in a second. Actually, next, and we'll actually get to Jesse Love when we get to the news, because big news out of the Jesse Love camp. But anyway, so yeah, great weekend for Sam Mayer. Honestly, I'm starting to see resemblance of another former junior motorsports driver in Sam Mayer, Captain, and I think you probably know who I'm talking about. Who are you talking about, Lux? Noah Gregson. Mm. Now, for those who are wondering, like, how can, how, like, asking me to elaborate, I will. Noah Gregson, like Sammy, Sam Mayer, um, it took them a while to get their footing in the Xfinity Series. When they That's first true. started, they were struggling to get finishes, the wins. They were always considered a weak link of that team, of mm-hmm. that team in general. You know, when around guys like Al Geyer and the other um, junior motorsports drivers, he was considered a weak link. But late in his career, once he finally put it together, once he started winning, he won a lot. And this is the same thing with Mayer. I think now this marks, what, three wins on the season for Sam Mayer? Ooh, something like that. Yeah, and I think three. Yeah, because it was Road America. No, four. Wow. Fuck, four? This man has won four races this year. Yeah, four. Yeah, Road America, Watkins Glen, I think, Roval, and Homestead. So his first win not on on an oval this year. So... I know. So, yeah, great job for Sam Mayer. Um, 
Now, as it looks for the other drivers looking to lock themselves in this weekend at Martinsville, John Hurd-Niemicek, basically, as long as he does not wreck that car, he's basically locked it up. He's 44 points above the cut line, basically sealed it up. Below him is where it gets tight, as both Cole Custer and Austin Hill are plus three over the cut line. And minus three on the outside looking in is Justin Allgaier. And I think he is the only driver who can actually point his way in. Yeah, it's a huge gap after that, right? Because after that, you got Sammy Smith minus 49, Chandler Smith minus 54, and poor Sheldon Creed minus 65. So when we're watching this one this weekend, if any of those guys win, like that can really mess it up for everybody else, right? at that point, if any of them wins, that basically knocks whoever Cole Custer is in third, that knocks him down to to the cut line. He's now in the bubble. So at that point, it gets... Because right now, well, right now it's weird because right now, third, fourth, and fifth in the standings are all within three points of each other. So, third, third, oh, geez, sorry. There's going to be like a race within a race. It's going to be Cole Custer, Austin Hill, Austin Justin Allgaier, those three racing. And right. then the last three, Sammy Smith, Chandler Smith, Smith Sheldon Creed, they're just... They're going to be racing for the win. They're they're going for a win. They're they're not worried about stage points. They're not worried about you know you know getting good points. They're 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 going to be. You're going to see some aggressive driving from from those three drivers. I'm telling you, you're going to see some bumpers getting banged. You're going to see some door slams. You're going to see. It is going to be a show for that for those three guys because they if they're starting in the front, they're going to be blocking like crazy to stay up front. If they're in the back, they'd be knocking bumpers to get up front. Like, it is going to be a show watching those three cars on Saturday night. And it's possible, I mean, you just got to win. You win and you're in. That's all it takes. You win and you're racing for the championship. That is how it works. So, John Hurdimacek is safe from that. Meanwhile, Cole Custer, Austin Hill, and Justin Allgaier, they are going to be racing each other because at the end of the day, if one of those three, um, Sammy Smith, Chandler Smith, or... Sheldon Creed wins, then at that point they're literally battling for the last playoff spot, last championship four spot. So very Man. interesting. Now switching gears to the Cup Buzz, um, we have a new addition to the championship four, and it's about the same as last year's championship four edition. As um, last weekend at Vegas, we saw Kyle Larson win his way into the championship race. He's now been joined by Christopher Bell, who wins at Homestead in a crazy race. Um, and now he locks himself into the championship four for the second year in a row, actually. So props to Joker's Racing for the second year in a row. Christopher Bell gets into the championship four. Anything? I mean, I was pretty... Here's the thing about Christopher Bell. Great dude, but man, he is tap water. There's no personality there. I forgot for a second that he made it to the championship four last year. You know what? You know what? If you can make it to the championship four back in year, back to back years, I don't give a shit if you have a personality. I'm still hiring you. I mean, fair. Let's be honest. Chase Elliott doesn't have that much of a personality anyway. He doesn't. Either. And he I'm doesn't. a William Byron fan. I'm not saying this like I- I'm ignorant about it. I'm just man, I wish you'd do like anything. Hey, he wins races. He wins races. That's what that's what he does. He wins races. That's what he does. Yeah. Anyway, but so 
Now that leaves two spots open. Now Byron is kind of in a similar situation as um, John Hernemichek is in Xfinity. He's plus 30 over the cutting line. He can pretty much relax. He doesn't need to win. He doesn't even need to finish well. He just needs to not. He just needs to finish the race. Honestly, just get a couple stage points. Yeah, and, and it pretty much locks it up. Because um, I think you have to be above like six. I think you have to be, unfortunately, I think you have to be like 60 points above the cut line to officially lock yourself in. Because I think that's the most points you can earn in a weekend. Um, with that being said, Blaney, however, is sweating. Because he is only 10 points above the cut line. But Reddick, this is Blaney's first time being above the cut line going into Martinsville. It is. But at the same time, I'd rather be on offense than defense. Especially when you're going to Martinsville. I'd rather be on offense than defense. So, um, especially with as crucial as track track position there is, you get one bad stop, and you could go from being solidly in the top five to being outside the top 20 and have the leader on your back within the first five laps of a run. Yeah, it's a... So, yeah, it's very, very crucial this weekend. I'd rather be on offense. Speaking of offense... You got three Toyotas and a Ford. They're all going to offense, and two of them have won at this track before. Um, below the cut line, minus 10, you got Tyler Reddick in 2311-45, and then you have the two Joe Gibbs racing teammates, which is a little bit of a surprise. Barton Strix Jr., minus 17, along with Denny Hamlin, minus 17, and then you have Chris Buescher, who's just had a round of eight from hell. <laughs> Poor Chris Buescher. <laughs> Minus 43 below the cut line. He's just he's just all gone wrong for Chris Buescher in this round. Yeah, everything's gone sideways for him. It's my hey, rough. Look, all he needs is just a win. All he needs is a win. So as as it goes right now, if any of those guys below the cut line wins, that puts Byron on the um that puts Blaney. That knocks Blaney out. So Blaney is really Blaney needs to race for a win. Blaney needs to race for a win because there's three guys below the cut line who are going to be doing the same, and if he does not win, and they do, he's out, period. So, it's going to be crazy now. i got to ask you, Lux. Mm-hmm. So, Denny Hamlin's sitting at seventh, 17 points behind the cutoff. I, you think he can make it? Let's just say this. If there's any track on the schedule that Denny would lo- is happy we're at, to make it in, it would have to be Martinsville. Sure. There is, there is, when it comes to Martinsville, this man is, I wouldn't say he's one of the best, but he's no slouch. Yeah, he's got a couple grandfather clocks. Yeah. And he's all the series, too. Complain that there wasn't like numbers written on him, so he knew when he got them. Right. Um, <laughs> As far as um, drivers, as far as like winners at this track, I believe. Let's see. I'm looking at the list. You're looking at the paperclip list. Yeah, he has two in the spring. Well, hang on, three in the spring. He has three spring race wins, and he has himself. Three spring race wins and two fall race wins. So, a total of five wins at this racetrack. So, yeah. And I think Truex has himself... 
Truex has himself a pair of grandfather clocks as well. Truex actually has himself three grandfather clocks to his name. That's so, like I said, combined, combined, if you're Blaney, you're a little bit nervous because behind him, you have combined eight wins at this track. Jeez. So, yeah. Nobody's safe. But nonetheless, it was a great race um, at race at Martinsville. At, not Homestead, my bad. Um, got to see some good side-by-side racing. The Grimace car, I cannot say enough about the Grimace bubble walls and the Grimace car, man. Just the views of just seeing that Grimace face on the front bumper of that car, man. Gorgeous. He's been on a streak of purple cars, too, hasn't he? Five, four in a row, I think. And this weekend, he's going to be five in a row because he's ready to see Xfinity cars. So four, five will be five in a row after this weekend. Damn. I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of looking forward to the different color comfies. <laughs> Unless he can run well again with this one. If he can run well with this one, then, you know, fuck it. Let's get purple cars at Phoenix. Maybe I'll turn his, turn his luck around at that track. But, um, I swear to God, if he wins at Phoenix, I will flip my fucking shit if he fucking wins Because <laughs> that is one track I absolutely hate. Anyway, um, which, by the way, I'm Next week, if you like Phoenix Raceway in any circumstances, viewer discretion is advised for next week episode because I'm about to bury that track under 10 feet of sand. True. Like, seriously. I'm about to bury that track. Like, we haven't been there since early in the year, and I buried it when we were going there early in the year. I'm about to do the same. I fucking hate that track. Fucking hate it. Like anyway. water and oil. Oh my god, I fucking hate it. Just don't I'm not the only one, too. I'm not the only one, too. Anyway, but, um, but no, overall, great weekend at Homestead. Um, I, I love this track. The fact that it, it got removed off the schedule as the championship race, it, it, I think it should be the championship race. I think it, it, God, there's any track I want to be the championship race again. There's a reason why NASCAR went there for so many years. I don't know why they, why they moved. I think, I have to say maybe because the southwest, the southeast is really unpredictable weather come that time of the year. So I guess they're like, okay, let's just move it away from there, you know, get a nice hot thing. But outside of that, there's no reason to take that race away because it always puts on a great crowd. It always puts on a great race. It's it's just the overall great track. It's a great facility, too. I've been to there, by the way, to Captain. You know, I've been to Homestead. I did not know that. What, what, how is it compared to other tracks you've been to? Um, like I said, facility amazing. Um, it's in the middle of fucking nowhere though. Like literally driving there, you drive away because we stayed. Me and my dad, we stayed at um, on my stepsister's apartment when she was living down there, and you drive away from downtown Miami, right? The glitz and the glamour, the buildings, the architecture, whatever. And you just keep driving and driving and driving till you hit cornfields after cornfields after cornfields. And then you just take a left and there's racetrack. Damn. Just right there. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. It's like they just dropped a racetrack in the middle of a cornfield. I swear to God. But it's a great facility, though. It's a great facility. Um, and I like it because it brings a lot of fan, different fans. You get your you get your typical Southern fans, but you also get your Latino fans who come in from the Miami area. You know, some might come in from the um, maybe Puerto Rico, maybe other countries in America, like in that so- South America. You know, that South America, they might come in to see. Puerto Rico is a, like, it's part of America. It's not a. Yeah. 
But you get what I'm saying. Like, you get those Latin countries from underneath um, those Caribbean countries, basically. You know, they come in for a race, you know, maybe support Daniel Suarez. You, I know Daniel Suarez got a lot of Migos there in Miami. Like, that <laughs> Miami area. The Miami area has a really big Hispanic population. Um, yeah. So, like, you get a lot of that. So, but like I said, it's a very cultural track. And like I said, it's a great facility. He puts on a great races. I cannot remember a bad um, homestead race. I can't remember a good one, bad one. You know? So, yeah, I think if there's any track that I would nominate to replace Phoenix, well, first off, any track. You can, you can pull a track out of your butt and be better, Phoenix. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. I don't really give a shit. Like I said, y'all, like I'm this is just a taste of what y'all are gonna get next week. I'm about to bury the fuck out of Phoenix. I hate that track so much. Anyway, but back right. on track. Martin um Homestead, great track, um, great racing. Um Yeah, it was kind of a rough race for the Joe Gibbs racing duo of Denny Hamlin and Truex. And um by the way, I have a five dollar bet with my coworker that Truex Ooh, does not make. You tell, you tell. He's a big Truex fan, and I told him, I said, like, dude, he's not making a championship for it. He's like, how much you want to bet? And I'm like, I'll bet you five dollars. I'll literally give you five dollars. He does not make it in the championship for. Oh man, so we got money right on this luck. I got money, five dollars. But honestly, it's a safe bet because I think the only thing that has saved Truex from elimination twice this year has been that that fifteen playoff points. From winning the regular season championship, because how many times has he been right on that cut line? Good point. Like, That's a really I, good point. He has, he has literally fumbled the bag this off season, and honestly, I'm kind of glad he's going. He's coming back for next year because this is not the year I would like to retire on. Yeah, it's not been, not been that great. No. But with that being said, we got a lot to talk about when it comes to the news. Um, some movers and shakers. Before so, we do the news, real quick, you want to mention any drivers oh, who had particularly good finishes that stood out that to is, you? Right, I forgot to do it. I usually do that. I'm sorry. But uh, um, let's see some good runs. AJ Allmendinger. Shout out to AJ Allmendinger, man. That colleague racing, like I know the signs are all pointing to him moving to Xfinity. Back to Xfinity next year, but man, he is going out in his Cup Series career well. Man, yeah. he has been on point. I mean, the win at the Roval, he ran good at um, Vegas, I think. And then you got a top five here at Homestead. Like, he is starting to show up. Surprise, surprise. Um, in a tra- something in a track that would you pretty much call almost his home track, Eric Almarola gets a top 10. This is kind of this is kind of his home track, you know. He's from Tampa. He's from the Tampa Bay area, but he's um he's a Cuban American, so you know it's kind of like a home track for Eric Amarola. So shout out to him getting a top ten. And guess who else got a top ten? Who? Surprise, surprise, Austin Dillon. Really? Surprise, surprise, Austin Dillon got a top ten. And it wasn't a super speedway. And it wasn't a super speedway. Oh man. Anyway, I was savage. Sorry. Um, Cendric, <laughs> Cendric P twelve. Priest P14, um, Eric Jones in the 14th spot. So, yeah, it was kind of outside of outside of the only big surprise in that top 10 were really Almendinger and Almendinger, Almarola, and Austin Dillon. Now, switching gears to the Xfinity race, um, man, Riley Herbs. Riley Herbs, so fucking close, so fucking close. 
God, I want to. I want to see the margin of victory. It could not have been that much. <laughs> but um, then Dale Jr. getting the top five. Dale Jr. getting the top five in his own car. How about that? Um, Parker Kligerman, P7. That team. That team has been really well. That big, um, big machine racing. They were an underdog team a couple years ago, and now they're not only in the playoffs but contending for top tens every single week. But the biggest shout out and attaboy goes to Joe Graf Jr. getting a top ten, driving the nineteen Man. for Juggers Racing, got himself a top ten. Oh, that All was right. his first ride in there, right? What's up? Was that Is his that? first time in that car? Um, no, he's been in the top. He's been in the nineteen multiple times this year, but it's just really been looking weird and bad. But <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, no wonder I forgot. <laughs> yeah, he's he has not shown anything driving that nineteen car. But he got he got, got a top ten, so shout out to him. We'll give him yeah. we'll give him his flowers for this week. Um, outside of that, nothing really stood out to me in the Xfinity race. Um, yeah. Now we move on to the Truck Series race, and shout out to Bailey Curry, Bailey Curry, which we will talk about him. In next in the next segment, but Bailey Curry in the forty one top five. Shout out to Bailey Curry. Roger Carruth with another with a top with a top ten finishing P eight. Roger got a top ten. Roger got a top ten. Yeah, Hendrick car in the Hendrick car. Nope, not in the truck series. Truck series. Oh, truck, truck series. series. Snap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we'll get to that. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. I think we're. I think you and me are both anticipating that Hendrick ride. He's got to qualify into the show, though. That's no, that's the first thing. Is he's got to qualify. Because Boris said, clearly proved that that 17 can miss a race. True. That um, <laughs> I know. Chase Purdy in the four. Um, got himself a top 10. But outside of that, nothing really stood out. Marco Andretti finished 18th. Not too bad. I forgot Marco Andretti was actually in this race when I go front. Um, but yeah, so good, some good runs this weekend. But obviously, Jose, Carson Josevar. With the W moving on championship four. But that is going to do it for the first segment. When we come back, it is the news. Hey, thanks for listening to the Round the Outside podcast presented by Freight Train Studios. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Freight Train CCB. There, you'll also find a link to our All My Links page where you can check out our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for your support and back to the show. Welcome back to the Around the Outside podcast presented by Freight Train Studios. And Captain, it is time for... The news. That was perfectly in stereo. Nice. Um, <laughs> there's not much news today, but there is one big news. We talked about um, Jesse. Did we talk about Jesse Love? I think we talked about Jesse Love in the last segment, but we're going to talk about him now, even if we didn't. As we last week, we announced that Sheldon Crew will not be returning to the number two RCR Whalen Xfinity Series team. Well, his replacement has been found, and it is the reigning defending Arca Series champion, Jesse Love, moving over from the Toyota camp, Toyota Pipeline, to RCR to drive that number two car. So big, a big, big move. move. Yeah, big skipping move. the truck series entirely, pulling the Ty Gibbs. Um, As far as how do I think he'll do, Um, obviously I think he'll do well. Sheldon Creed, um, that team, show, Sheldon Creed showed that team has speed. Um, obviously they're getting a new crew chief because I think this year Sheldon Creed's crew chief was um, Jeff Stankwitz and Sam Bowers, but this, but I think next year they're bringing over 
um, what's his name? Danny Stockman, who I think is the current crew chief for. Who's Danny Stock? I know Danny Stockman was a crew chief for somebody. He was a longtime crew chief for Austin Dillon in his Truck Series days. Um, but I forget where he's most recently was at. But no, they're bringing him in. Danny Stockman, great crew chief, by the way. You can't go wrong with Danny Stockman on the top of your pit box. Um, great crew chief. But um, yeah, so Jesse Love moving over to Richard Childress Racing. So that's a good lineup. Jesse Love and Austin Hill. I think Austin Hill is going to be... I think Jesse Love is going to... I don't know. I really don't know how he's going to do I'm not going to make any predictions because it's really hard to see these guys. I mean, you either knock it out of the park. When you come from ARCA to Xfinity, you either knock it out of the park like... Um, Ty Gibbs did, or you fumble like Sam Mayer has, you know, or you fumble out the gate like Sam Mayer has. No, not to say mm. Sam Mayer. I'm not disrespecting Sam Mayer because he's, like I said in the last segment, he's turned it around. But when he first jumped from that Arca team to Xfinity, he struggled a little bit, you know. So it's kind of like a hit or miss. But honestly, you got when you got Danny Stockman, I can't say enough about Danny Stockman, great crew chief. So I think Jesse Love will be okay. Now, speaking of dominoes, we continue dominoes falling. Um, Nice Motorsports is about to, basically is all but finalized their truck series lineup. We announced, um, I think last week, I think we announced that Matt Mills, will be moving over to drive the 42 to replace Carson Hosevar, who's moving up to Cup. And they announced that um, Bailey Curry will be driving the 41 Nice Chevrolet full-time next year. So that's two solid drivers, solid drivers, um, to put in the two Nice Motorsports trucks. So still no word on... Um, who is going to replace Zane Smith on the 38? There's a couple of good rides. Um, what is it? Then, oh, Jake Garcia announced he's leaving McAnally Racing. Teammates to Christian Eckes. I have an idea who I think is going to take that 35. Who do you think? Who do you think? And it would be so ironic. The irony would be perfect. It's just it. It's perfect. I think that thirty-five is going to go to Grant and Finger. Ooh. Now, the reason why I say irony is because Grant Infinger was a full-time driver for Thorsport in the ninety-eight, and for some reason, Thorsport knocked him out of the full-time ride and made him share the ninety-eight truck for one season with Christian Eckes. <laughs> And that shocked everybody. And that basically led to him leaving Thorsport for GMS. But, um, and now, if that is where he does go, which I think it would be a perfect spot. I think it would be a perfect spot for him. That 35 team has proven he gets to stay in the Chevrolet camp, which he's been with almost his entire career. Um, Chris, um, Grant and Bigger has. He brings sponsorship. He brings that championships champion tools sponsorship over so i think that'd be a good spot for him to leave especially if jake garcia is leaving but it'd be kind of funny that he teams up his teammate is the driver to kind of force him out of a full-time ride so i think that would be very very quite funny right um so 
Like, and then also another announcement of a lot of drivers stay in place, by the way. I noticed that a lot of drivers, um, they announced Christian Eckes to stay in place, um, Corey Heim. And this week they announced Dean Thompson is going to be staying in that five truck this year, next year. So Tricon, two drivers staying. I assume Tanner Gray and, T- and Taylor Gray, the Gray brothers, are not going anywhere. That is simply an assumption, but I don't think they're going to go anywhere. So I think. That'll be the lineup. I think the one car front and one truck tend to be a star truck for that series, for that team. Um, but yeah, so a lot of movers and shakers for the truck series. Well, some people, a lot of people stay in place. But um, I'm going to put my chips in for Great Figure taking over that 35 for McAnally Racing. But um, yeah, as far as ping news, there's not that much news. Um, this week has been kind of a really, it's been a really weird, um, no news week, isn't it? It's It's been a pretty quiet week, all things considered. Uh, I know for the Martinsville preview, we've got a little bit extra, but I can't think of a ton else off the top of my head. I will say this. There is, uh, I think, um, the big, the biggest news that I think a lot of people are waiting for that obviously has not happened. I think it's just because I think it's the way Gibbs operate is a lot of people are assuming we're going to hear about Chandler Smith and Sheldon Creed moving to the 20 and the 18 next year for Joe Gibbs racing. I believe that is pretty much hinted, if not already confirmed. I think the only, I think the only thing waiting on it is, um, only thing waiting on that con- on that deal is the fact that Creed and Chandler Smith still have a relative opportunity to make the championship for. So I think um, Gibbs is just like, hey, um, let's let them focus on that and not be thinking about next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So now, real quick, um, I know it was a new segment, but I'm going to tell you a story because I listened to this on the Dale Jr. download. I don't know if you hear heard this one. It was when they were talking to Ricky Carmichael. So for those who don't know, Ricky Carmichael, long time, one of the greatest Supercross racers of all time, hands down, right? Well, I don't know if you know follow Supercross at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know Ricky Carmichael. I don't follow yeah. Supercross, but no, Ricky Carmichael. Yeah, Ricky Carmichael. Um, let's see. I'm trying to look at his accolades. He is multi-time. Yeah, he is... Let's see, I'm, gonna, I'm listening to episode because I want to respect him. One, two, three, four, five time Supercross Series champion. Um, so many championships. One, Honestly, one, like I said, one of the greats. But he had, did have a run in the Truck Series. He did have a run in NASCAR. 2009 drove the number four truck for Kevin Harvick Incorporated. Um, on a part-time schedule, and then 2010 and 2011 drove the four-truck for the Turner Motorsports with a best finish of fourth and fifth, fourth and fifth at Dover, Kansas, um, not Dover, Kentucky, Talladega. So not too bad, but um, now I found out there was plans for him, actually, Captain. Did you know there was plans for him to actually go full-time, or no, share the 50, remember when KBM had an Xfinity Series program, right? Oh, you remember man, that? I've forgotten about that. Yeah. There was plans at the end of 2011 for 2012 for Ricky Carmichael to share the 54 Xfinity Toyota 
the uh, 54 Monster Energy Toyota Camry with Kyle Busch. Whoa. There were plans. Apparently, according to him on the Down Junior download, like it was to the point of like, hey, come in this week. We're going to get it all signed and get it announced. Hey, come in. And they kept pushing it back. But apparently, so apparently what ended, what ended that was, first off, what the first bad, the first kind of thing that knocked him down was Kyle, was Kyle Bush's antics at Texas Motor Speedway with Ron Hornaday. Do you remember that? When he turned Hornaday in the wall after they got into the fence in Texas. you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, that put a lot of hot water on Kyle Busch. So they didn't really want to drag Vicky into that hot water that next week. So they, they made him wait. But then apparently, he was set to do it after Homestead Miami weekend. And because Kurt Busch's antics with Dr. Der- Jerry Punch, it basically led to him being fired from Penske. And it was all but certain that Kurt Bush, that Kyle Bush would get, um, that Kurt Bush would hire, would, would Kyle Bush would hire Kurt instead of Ricky. So basically, because of the Bush brothers' antics in back to back weeks, it cost Ricky a ch- that, that Xfinity ride. Wow. Wow. Think about that being cost an Xfinity ride with something you had no play in. Nothing he could have done. And that was literally. He did not race stock cars after 2011. That was the end of his NASCAR career. Wow. Not even of his own, of his own volition. Isn't that a shame? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he is doing well for himself now. I think um, Ricky Carmichael is now um, bringing a new motors, new Supercross team to... Um, you're for, you're familiar with the old Triumph or, uh, motorcycle brand? Oh yeah, he's bringing them to Supercross. Ricky oh. Carmichael is, yeah, he is That'd bringing them cool. to Supercross. So you're I, British, so right? I believe so. That is correct. Yeah, British. They're British. But um, yeah, so he's bringing them to um, Supercross. So he's doing pretty well for himself, I would say. But um, and speaking of that. He's not the only Supercross champion who was linked to a ride in NASCAR. Did you know James Stewart was actually hinted to, James Bubba Stewart was actually hinted to race NASCAR at one point? I did not know that. So apparently when James Bubba Stewart signed with Joe Gibbs, um, Joe Gibbs Racing uh, Motocross, you remember when Joe Gibbs Racing had a Supercross team, correct? You remember that? I never knew they did. Yeah, Joe Gibbs Racing had a Supercross team, very brief, um, for a couple of years. Um, what was it? I forget when it was, but he and they hired um he signed a race for him and multi year for JGR MX. And that was the team run by Coy Gibbs, by the way. That was a team run by Corey Gibbs and his crew. Um they had plans for him to run stock car races in the Canaan Pro Series and Nationwide series. But at the end of the 2012 season, Stewart left the team and that never really came came to fruition. So, wow. Think about things that almost could have been, but never was. Isn't that amazing? That is. That really is. But, and it's, and it's cool. Like, I love talking about, like, almost was and never was in NASCAR. There's so many opportunities that just never 
kind of really worked and fell wayside. Uh, one of my favorite ones, which did you know that had Earnhardt not died, did you know who Earnhardt said he wanted to drive his number three car when he retired? Who? Mark Martin. Really? Earnhardt said he wanted Mark Martin to drive his three car if he retired. He was going to try to lure Mark Martin away from um, Roush Racing to drive the three. Wow. Man, what could have been? We got to do an episode this off season about that. Yeah. Like, what could have been? There's been a lot of what could have been. What could have been if Red Bull Racing didn't go out of business? No. Right. What could have been? Anyway. But I believe that is all for the news. There's, like I said, like we said earlier, it's not much news this week. Um, That's okay. Because we got exciting stuff previewing the last round before the championship race. Before the championship race. Because we are headed to Martinsville, baby. Get your hot dogs ready. We'll catch you guys on the other side. Hey, do you know I also stream on Twitch? Make sure to follow me at twitch.tv slash LuxRider. And now it's time for the final rundown. Back to the show. Welcome back to the Around the Outside podcast presented by Freight Chain Studios. And Captain, it's time for the final rundown. Are you ready, sir? Where are we at this weekend? I'm ready. And we're at the paperclip, Martinsville. Martinsville, get your hot dogs ready, baby. For we are there for Xfinity Series. We got the Dead on Tools 250. In the Cup Series, we have the Xfinity 500. Now, we covered Martinsville already in the year. It is probably the smallest track we we go to all year long. It is. Um, it definitely is. And, and probably it's the it's, oldest. And it's the oldest, yeah. One of the well, uh, oldest original, because we go to Indianapolis, which is older, but... Right. Um, and also, I think maybe Darlington is close. Ooh, uh, I think Darlington might be younger than Martinsville. Anyway, it it's, was it's one of the only OG track from the first NASCAR season. Yep. From 1947. Can you believe that? The track's been open since 1947, man. But um, it is a... I'm looking at the size of it. Point half mile. And the bankings, 12 degrees in the turns and zero degrees. It is flat on the straightaways. Yeah, best way to describe it is two drag strips with two hairpin turns. Amen. That's the best way to explain it. But it is a perfect place. Good old short track racing. Good old beating and banging. As far as I think we went over this earlier in the year, boom, go over there. Take a guess who has the most wins at this racetrack. Jeff Gordon. Nope. Really? Nope. Uh, Daryl Waltrip? Nope. Richard Petty? Yep. There you go. You that can't go wrong. If the track's that old, if track's that old, you got to pick Richard Petty because it's yeah. that way. Fifteen wins at Martinsville for Richard Petty. Jeez. Fifteen. Uh, wins. I didn't rename it Pettysville. <laughs> um, I think among active drivers. I'm trying to see who has the most wins among active drivers. I think that might actually go to Denny Hamlin, I think. It's got to be wins He's won there a five times. times five yeah. wins at Martinsville. Um, but nonetheless, as far as teams go, I think Hendrick Motorsports owns this fucking place. But um, no, great track, great weekend. And always, last year we had some... Controversy in the Xfinity race. Do you remember that late last year? 
uh, what what happened? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Who got shoved <laughs> into the wall? Or who? It was Ty Gibbs taking out his teammate Brandon Jones into turn one when he absolutely did not need to. Yeah. That was dirty. He absolutely did not need to. If he would have jet just let Brandon Jones win that race, he would have gone into the championship race at Phoenix with a two-on-two Joe Gibbs Racing versus Junior Motorsports. But instead, he screwed him and made it a 3v1. But, to be fair, he whooped up on those three those three other Junior Motorsports cars. Yeah, he came out on top and put down a hell of a performance. Maybe he did that on purpose just to make a point. I don't know. <laughs> man, that's some testicular fortitude right there, man. I mean, I mean just... I mean, I can't think of any other reason why he would do Watermelons. That. Like, geez. But anyway, um, we got some, the chaos there. And then, um, obviously, the the biggest news from last year's playoff cutoff race was the Hail Melon mm-hmm. that locked Ross Chastain into the championship for a move that will go down in NASCAR history. It's probably one of the greatest moves in NASCAR history. I think it's been right up there with the pass in the grass and the 76-day twenty five hundred finish. You know, I would put it above the pass, pass in the grass because the pass in the grass was never actually a pass. Are we going to get technical with it? That's son of I'm a just bitch. Saying, I'm just saying, man. This one, this move, the Hail this Melon, guy. actually This guy. Passed. This guy. Actually. This tell me guy. I'm wrong. Tell this me guy. I'm wrong. This guy. This guy. <laughs> don't. We, we, we. It's Earnhardt. We don't get into specifics when it comes to Earnhardt, okay? We let him have this shit. Anyway. Yeah, plus it got banned. Exactly. So I think that's another reason why... Because the passing the grass can happen again. Well, actually, yeah, I think that's yeah. another reason why it would probably be better than that. Because, like, it, you can't do it again. You cannot do it again. It is a penalty now. But True. ultimately, it is... That's the reason why I love the fact that this race is a cutoff race. It's a perfect track. I think it's almost where... Fast guys will be fast and slow guys will be slow. So perfect. With that being said, we get into the notable names this weekend in the Xfinity series. Not that much notable names. Um, Lane Riggs is back in the 11. Um, and that's really the only big notable name. I think Mike Snyder is going to be in the 19. Um, Raj Karuth is back in the 44. But yeah, so not that many notable names. With that being said, Captain, looking at the entry list, I got it pulled up in front of me. Are you ready to mix? There is has been a change of tires. There has been. They tested it at Richmond, the new short track tire. Apparently, it's going to get more runoff um, when it comes to when it comes to these changes with the short track package. For those who don't know, what does more runoff entail? Um, basically, means the tires going to run faster. So slower lap times. So yeah. So basically, the cars would get slower as the runs go on, and they'll start driving worse, which means mistakes will be more at a premium. Which hopefully that will encourage passing. Mm. So it'd be more more uh, pit strategy then too. Exactly. Um, with that being said, um, we'll go into our picks, Captain. Heads or tails? Tails never fails. You stick with that. Oh, hang on. Let me get a better flip. That was a horrible flip. That was Tails, and you know it. Tails. 
Woo! All right. Now, here's the thing. Because you're going first in Xfinity, it means I go first in Cup. So do you want... Yeah, I'm feeling good for Cup. I'm feeling good. Oh, okay. okay. I don't think All you right. got what I'm picking. All right. Go ahead. Who is going to be your main pick to pick up the win in the dead-on tools 250 you know, at Martinsville? You had mentioned to me earlier that he hasn't had a win on a short track yet, and so I'm going to go with Cole Custer. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And then for my dark horse, Brandon Jones. He's got three top fives. I don't know. Something gets weird. Who you got, Lux? Well, this man has not locked himself into the championship race. And we're going to the track of where the last time we were at this track, he burned it down literally. Under the lights. <laughs> and so I'm going to go with, even though he could pretty much back his way into the championship for on points, I think he's going to go out this weekend and make a statement and win his way in. Give me JHN John Hunter Nemechek gets the win and puts himself in the championship for to make a point. Ooh, I like it. Now, as for my dark horse, this man made his NASCAR career, introduced himself to the NASCAR world at this track, in this series, with this number. And with, honestly, with only two more appearances for this team, I think he reminds the world who the fuck he is. So my dark horse is Mr. The Great Josh Berry. I think he reminds everyone that he is that guy when it comes to the short tracks. So, that is my picks for this weekend for the Xfinity Series. Um, Now, that means I get to go first for the Cup Series. Um, Not really that many notable names. Um, Ryan Newman's back on the entry list. He's going to be in a 51 car. And then Carson Hosvar again in the 42. I think I'm just going to stop mentioning him because it's almost normal at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my main pick, you said you don't think I got what you got, right? Yep. Well, I'm going to beg to differ because my main pick, this man has five grandfather clocks. I believe he takes home a 6-1 and... Game seven performance like the Jordan athlete he is. Game six clutch performance like the athlete he is. Give me the Virginian himself, Danny Hamlin, with the clutch win to get himself to the championship for it. That's my main pick. Okay, okay. As for... I beg to differ, but keep going, keep going. As for my dark horse... Oh boy. Dare I say his name? Dare I say it? You know what? I'm doing it. This man has been rocking the purple cars for the last four <laughs> weeks in a row. You know what? This is Drek. He's got multiple grandfather clocks in the truck series, has yet to get one in the cup series. I think it's a perfect weekend to do it. Top off the purple power. Give me Bubba Wallace this weekend in the Xfinity Colors. Take it to victory lane. Make a point, young man. That's my pick. I like it. I like it. Well, 
Lux, I got to say, your picks were good. Unfortunately, they were wrong. The best oh average finish of active drivers in the Cup Series belongs to my pick, a Mr. Orion Ablaney. Ooh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, he's okay. got the best average finish, even ahead of Denny Hamlin. So I think with the uh, championship four on the line, bulls that's it off. Hamlin, that's because like, that's, that's Denny Hamlin either wins or wrecks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he either dominates this race or gets fucking dumped. <laughs> anyway, can't continue. Ooh, do you think there'd be a scenario where Kyle Larson takes him out this week? No. Larson, I've got nothing to lose. He's in. Larson is not that guy. As 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 pretentious as an asshole he is, he's not dirty like that. Good I don't point. think I've ever seen Larson ever take somebody out intentionally. Mm. Please tell me wrong. I mean, I feel like Chase fans might disagree. I mean, it's not intentional. I mean, it's one thing to decide to run somebody off the groove, but like. I'm talking about somebody just getting into their bumper and just cleaning them out. Uh, okay, so Kyle's more subtle about it. Yes. Bro. Anyway, anyway. anyway. Dark right, my dark horse. My dark horse. Uh, this man has not won since 2021, and he's driving for the fastest team, arguably the best team in all of NASCAR. Alex Bowman at Hendrick gets a dub. That's a name I have not heard. Uh-huh. And he did win this he did win this race a couple years ago. By spinning out who for the win? <laughs> who did he spin out for the win, Lux? The Denny Hamlin and man was their antics on the front straightaway afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> With that being said. Oh, that was a hack was, race, right? That, that was, yeah, that was the, he's just a hack. Just a hack. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm looking. David has chimed in. Damn you, Captain! I don't know why he's he's talking about. Okay, okay. Anyway, still pisses them off. Oh my god. Anyway, now it is time for our hot takes. Have you been sitting on any of them? My hot takes more like a lukewarm take. I think okay. that uh, Willie B is going to make it by points, even mm. if somebody else wins you know outside of the you know that like mystery three or the the dark horse three in the back even if they win i still think willie b makes it by points my dark my um hot take for this week uh, i have a couple of stewing in my head and i don't even know if how many are actually at the nascar in general you know what yeah yeah, I got one. I got one. I'm going to take some shots. I'm going to take some shots. Okay. All right. All right. F1 doesn't care about the American fans. They just want to take their money. Yeah. yeah I totally agree. They don't, they don't care about it. They don't care about the F1 fans. They just want to take their money. Yeah. Period. Because I don't know if you've been following the drama with Andretti trying to get an F1. Oh yeah, they're keeping them out. You hear what they're what F one's trying to do now? Hmm. They're trying to convince Cadillac and General Motors to bail on Andretti to go to another team. What? They're trying to convince Cadillac and General Motors to dump 
Andretti and go to a team like Haas or Williams. That's insane. Yes. Bro, you can't like have America buy in and there not be an American team. I don't know that Haas kind of is, but you know what I'm saying? Haas is an American's team. They had an opportunity to put American on the grid and they refused. So they're they're no longer America's team. Fuck that. Andretti's gonna be America's team. Andretti's gonna be America's team. But yeah, that is that is my hot take is F1 does not care about American fans. They just want to take their money. That's it. Period. If you care about American fans, you gave us one American on the grid and we try to get a legit American team and you're saying no. American team and American manufacturer too. That's another thing that people aren't realizing about the Andretti deal is it's not just Andretti wants to come in. Cadillac wants to come with them. Cadillac and GM wants to come with them. American so, manufacturer, American team. With the, I, I, why wouldn't they want that? And Talk by the way, and, a way to have us buy in. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Andretti is the the Michael my um Mario Andretti was the last American actually win F one title. Nineteen seventy eight. Really? Yep. Um. But yeah, so it's just it's I hate. This whole situation. By the way, speaking of which, well, um, I know we're just NASCAR podcast, but we're we're getting a little bit on F1 because this past weekend at the um, U.S. Grand Prix, we saw history in the making, Captain. Oh, yeah? Logan Sargent became the first American since Michael Andretti in 1993 to score a point in F1. Wow. 30 years. So, so shout out to Logan Sargent and in honor of that, Captain, you know I gotta say it. Hmm. What the fuck is a kilometer? <laughs> anyway. But no, congratulations to Logan Sargent. Um, I think I speak for a lot of Americans. We are extremely proud of you. It's it's nice to have an American racing F one, even though he's been struggling a little bit, um a little bit, but Hey, we just like we stood up for Garage Fifty Six. We stood up for we stood up for Logan Sargent. So congratulations! It's amazing that it took that long for another American to score a point in F one. When amazing, but the amount of American drivers we've gone through, like the Formula Twos and like the practice sessions, like Alexander Rossi, um, Juan Manuel Correa, Enzo, even Enzo Fittipaldi, who's a reserve driver for um, Haas. He technically has American citizenship. So, like, it's amazing how long it's been. I mean, even Scott Speed. Scott Speed's another person that raced in F1. Oh, yeah, I remember Scott Speed. So, it's amazing that we've gone this long, and hopefully this is not the end. This is just the beginning. So, with that being said, Kevin, do you have anything before we toss it off for the day? No, I think I'm good. I'm looking forward to Martinsville. Martinsville, baby. And after this weekend... We will have our four. Hang on, four, eight. I'm trying to do math. Was it twelve? Now we'll have our twelve drivers. After this weekend, we'll have our twelve drivers that will be battling for the Cup Series, Xfinity, and Truck Series championships in the desert. Are you excited about that, dude? I'm fucking stoked. I'm also sad because that means NASCAR season is one week away from being over. 
Yeah, we'll have some off-season episodes. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to go cry myself to sleep. You guys have a great night. You guys have a great time. If you're whenever you're watching this, Godspeed, ride on, and chew, chew. Bitches, adios. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside.